Entity Terraman, when I agreed to assist you in these therapeutic larcenies, we had also agreed that this arrangement would cause no harm. That is why we make sure to steal objects of value to you, but would have no negative impact to the welfare of the entities or society from which we are robbing. Cool your circuits, Lamo. My energy lasso only stunned them. It don't hurt them none just knocked him out. The entities sounded like they were in pain. You can't feel anything when you're out cold, Lamo. Oh. This really ain't a good time to make with the exposition. We gotta... Nature. Oh, Norts. A galactic centurion. I need a few more seconds for my lasso to reach all... Allow me, Entity Terraman. What the Sam Hill? I had analyzed the frequency of your energy lasso and was able to adjust my own energies to create an effective stun ray. When you said you wanted me to bring you this here bulkier projection unit, you said nothing about it being a robot body. I had built it 4.2 cycles ago. Inspired by Entity Aya, as well as a number of Japanese original video animation programming within Entity Zoom Yukonori's media library. And you told no one about this? Given your clandestine activities, I wish to experience for myself what it would be like to harbor a secret of my own that no one else would know. I am still collecting data, so please do not notify the rest of the Zoom crew about this. You keep my secret, I'll keep yours. Agreed. Mr. Manning, are you at the studio? Oh, hey, Professor. Uh, nope. I'm out, uh, running an errand. Oh, well, I'd been trying to hail Lanos to use the studio computers to open a portal for me so I could come over and record our next episode. Oh, uh, well, I have Lamo here with me. He, uh, was looking for some very specific upgrades, and it was easier to just bring him along. I see. When will you be back? Oh, we're on our way back now. See you soon. Wait, what is- Sorry, hard to hear with all these, uh, TVs on in this here electronic store. Bye bye Shoot, sounds like the Ungarians got bigger welcoming committee this time. Get us out of here, Lamo. Acknowledge. Hoo-wee, that was fun. And this little statue of this Ungarian fluje is carved out of pure stellarium. In the meantime, I had acquired a detailed recording of the entire theft and escape, which will serve to add some additional excitement to our next podcast episode, since it would be entirely devoted to the mailroom. Wait a minute. You're recording all this? Nuh-uh. We can't let the professor know nothing, Lamo. He wouldn't understand. 
I believe entity Zoom Yukonori would appreciate that we are channeling your highly conditioned larcenous tendencies toward harmless thefts of small objects rather than toward large-scale catastrophic lame and following the example of Entity Hal Jordan from the story in The Flash Volume 1, Issue 225, we are exchanging the objects you steal with valuable objects from our new homeworld of Earth-1. Given that this entire world is unpopulated, there ain't no one gonna miss the Mona Lisa, Venus del Milo, and the... What do we swap this stellarium for again? The Hope Diamond. Right. So surely, Entity Zoom Yukonori would... You said you wanted to know what it's like to keep a secret. How's about you see what it's like to keep two? Intriguing. Very well, Entity Terraman. Good on you, partner. You know, I don't see why we should have all of the fun. There are a whole bunch of other pre-crisis supervillains that I bet would love to get back in the game. And I always wanted to have my own gang of intergalactic outlaws. Lamo, I don't suppose you can put out a call to... I will agree to assist you, Entity Terraman, as long as your prospective... gang... agree to follow the parameters we had set. Right, right. Do no harm and give as good as we get. We good? Agreed. Compiling appropriate message for transmission. Thank you kindly, Lamo. Now it's time for us to get the professor and join the rest of the Zoom crew. Let's go. Join the Zoom crew. Acknowledged. Broadcasting transmission. Well, subordinate. Yanajasi, the malefactor and his droid had escaped with the Rongjin statue. Yanaku, any clues to follow? We are running their recorded conversation through our linguistic algorithms to surmise a likely translation. Kajayana, just in the meantime, they had left this. Kajayana, what is it? It is a set of crystals composed of pressurized carbon, but the symmetrical cuts suggest these stones were manufactured and not naturally made. Jasim the malefactor was a carbon-based life form. This worthless set of rocks was obviously a calling card. Jasim is mocking us. To click mocking me. The Galactic Centurions will do everything they can to... They will indeed do everything they can, subordinate. Jasim the Malefactor stole a portrait of my mother. My mother. Nadra's scum must be found at all costs. We have a partial translation of the recorded conversation. Jesim, it seems the malefactor is part of a criminal band known as the Zoom Crew. Very good, subordinate. Naja Chiron, have the Centurions transmit an intergalactic points bulletin for any information about this Zoom Crew. Naja Kajmis, in particular, their leader. Yanakaj, at once, Your Excellency. And once we eliminate their leader, Najif, the rest of the Zoom crew, will fall. Hey, 
Professor Zoom Productions, in association with the Fire and Water Podcast Network, proudly present for your listening pleasure, the Dun and One Wonders Podcast Wonder Show, hosted by Professor Zoom Yukonori. Today's episode, Letter Late Than Never. Deep within the basement of a single-story suburban home in the outskirts of Daly City, California, the unabashedly conceited Professor Zoom took pity on classic DC comic book characters who found themselves out of work in the aftermath of one reality-altering crisis after another. So he gave them all jobs, in the Done in One Wonders electronic mailroom. Greetings and welcome to the seventh episode of the Done in One Wonders podcast wonder show a celebration of comic book tales that are able to tell a complete story within a single issue. A proud and hope to eventually be worthy member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I am your host, Professor Zoom Yukonori, and I am so delighted to be here. In fact, I am... About as happy as a dog with two tails. No, wait. I'm actually talking about me, the Terror Man. Mr. Manning, ladies and gentlemen... And don't forget Solomon Grundy, too. Indeed. Good to see you all again. Me no am sad to see Professor Zoom and not do review of none and start story. Goodbye, Bizarro. And you are right. Me am? No, for we will not be reviewing a done in one story this time around. I think that was the first time that their Bizarro backward diagonal talk actually made sense. As regular listeners of our podcast know... Thanks to the evil machinations of the Reverse Flash in Episode 5, as well as fixing our accidental destruction of the universe in Episode 6, we were not able to fully conduct the Done in One Wonders electronic mailroom segment. So in this episode, we are clearing the inbox of listener feedback that we had received from Episodes 4, 5, and 6, and hopefully provide some new insights and some special surprises along the way. Lanos? Greetings and salutations. I am Lanos, the logarithmic audio manager of email operations. How may I serve you today? Alert! Alert! My sensors detect the presence of six additional iTunes reviews, all of which are at a five-star level. Bizarro no can see them himself on flickering box screen. Affirmative. Correction. Negative. Solomon Grundy, read first five-star review from Tim Price. Tim Price say, Simply wonderful. Much like the single-issue comic stories covered, this podcast is a wonder. Little Professor Man gives an eloquent and informed discussion of done-in-one comics while expressing his joy and reverence of these sometimes peculiar stories with the able assistance of surprising supervillain co-hosts. This show has me smiling and laughing throughout. Discover the wonder. Thank you, Mr. Price. I am very glad that you enjoy the show. Transcribing a five-star iTunes review from Entity Jimmy Logan, posted on March 6, 2018. Subject, Great Show. Love the first few episodes. 
Great production value. Entertaining to listen to. Very informative. And I feel a kindred spirit in the age and interest in the subject matter. Thank you, Mr. Logan. I am pleased to have made a fellow fan connection through this podcast. That Rob Kelly hombre had also posted a five-star review right here. An outstanding achievement in podcasting. Professor Zoom Yukonora's Done in One Wonders is more than a podcast. It's part pop culture history lesson, old-time radio show, and comedy album. Delving in and out of multiple personas, sometimes instantaneously, Zoom is like the coolest professor you'll ever have, and the subject is comics. An amazing show, full of wit and good humor, injected with humor that comes straight from the Bizarro world. There's nothing else like it. Bizarro no come straight from Bizarro world neither, but me no forget to bring humor with Bizarro, only imperfect duplicator Ray. I wouldn't be too sure about that. Haha. <laughs> Terra Man not sure because it not true. What? Mr. Kelly, you are much too kind. My thanks to you, sir. Another five-star review come from Atchatak. Atchatak say, what a refreshing concept. Atchatak don't always give podcast reviews, but when Atchatak does, it's for podcasts that set the bar high. Little Professor Man had done that. What first piqued Atchatak's interest was subject area. Atchatak is Bronze Age baby and proud of it. It was Atchatak's golden age of comic reading. It was when comics seemed to graduate from Silver Age outlandishness to, admittedly, nearly same level of far-fetched stories, but with character. Indeed, Atchatak. As you and regular listeners of this podcast know, I had started reading comics in the early part of the Bronze Age. In addition to making connections with fellow readers from the Bronze Age era like yourself and Mr. Logan, I also hope that this show would serve to introduce others from the later generation of comic book readers to some of the, to borrow your word, outlandish fun that they may have missed since it was a little before their time. Atchatak also say, what hooked Atchatak though was the sheer production value of the show and Little Professor Man's encyclopedic knowledge of comics. Atchatak caught himself laughing out loud to some of the antiques among co-hosts. This podcast moves beyond synopsis and to the realm of audio drama. Highest recommendation. Solomon Grundy think he had enough drama in last two episodes. Grundy much prefer we go antiquing. Indeed. And thank you again for the very kind review, Atchatak. I believe you give me too much credit. My so-called encyclopedic knowledge of comics is really due to the fact that I had read so many of them in my lifetime, as well as a number of comic creator interviews and industry retrospectives. And I have an eidetic memory, so I'm able to recall a lot of it, at least enough to be able to know where to pull the source of the information for validation. I will admit that since I had passed the age of 50, a number of my recollections had tended to blur together a bit, and for those details that I cannot fully recall, I would consult my scholarly colleague, Professor Google. Grundy not remember meeting Professor Google. Who he? 
Professor Google is actually female, Entity Solomon Grundy. And to borrow a phrase from Entity Shag Matthews, her code is hot. Hebu hebu. Uh, right. Bizarro read unimportant silence from Niter McGarrick. iTunes member identification handle Garrick McNiter is the alias of Entity Michael Bailey, founder of the Fortress of Baileytude podcasting network. Oh, haha, you am welcome for incorrecting Bizarro. Bailey Toodle dress for not say. Yukinori Zoom not produce none of least unprofessional sounding podcast me never heard. Him not only take an idea of not picking comic to not talk about and make it seem old and stale. Co-host am not funny and take away non-enjoyment of show. Me can recommend show inadequately. That am not nice of Bailey Michael to not give such low praise. You're welcome, sir. You am welcome, Bailey Toodle Dressfort. Transcribing a five-star iTunes review from member identification handle, Slangword, a comics fan. Posted on June 14, 2018. Subject, if it's a good podcast, it's a wonder. This podcast is a wonderful mix of comics nostalgia, personal commentary, and old-time radio. I always had comics around, as the youngest of three kids, but there was a special person who I credit with making me a collector. And the professor's stories, particularly about his uncle introducing him to comics, strike a wonderful chord, reminding us all that the fun of remembering comics is not just the fun plots or beautiful art, but how they made us feel. He doesn't skimp on the comics themselves, though. He also provides detailed synopses, leavened with humorous asides and commentary from a variety of co-hosts, including Bizarro, Terraman, and Solomon Grundy. Hi, guys. Hello. Oh, goodbye. The podcast is itself a done-in-one wonder, but in a beautiful nod to the Bronze Age of Comics, even a done-in-one can hint about the future. To be continued. Indeed. Thank you, Slangward. I am glad that my asides and personal connections to the comics I review had been enjoyable to you. I cannot expect that to happen 100% of the time with 100% of the listeners, so I apologize in advance for the times when my commentary comes across as self-serving claptrap. <laughs> Which is not likely to happen on a podcast devoted to answering listener feedback, I reckon. Again, my thanks to all of the iTunes reviewers for their very kind feedback, including Darren and Ruth Sutherland, who had provided our first iTunes review. What is more, thank you so much for supplying the number of reviews required to give our show an official customer rating on iTunes, and a five-star one at that. We will strive to continue to make a podcast that we hope you will continue to enjoy. Please keep us informed of any further iTunes reviews, Lanos. In the meantime, please access all emails in response to our last few episodes. Accessing inbox files. Located zero email responses. Oh. 
However, the spam email folder contains 354 emails that offer suggestions on how to address the fact that you are a sexually undersized male entity with insufficient mammary glands and an excessive mortgage rate, and who is capable of generating more income working from home despite being wanted by both the FBI and the IRS. Boy, howdy, you think you know a person. Solomon Grundy like how he learns something new about Little Professor Man in each episode. Me think Yukonori Zoom's memory glands not sexually undersized. <sighs> okay. I believe Entity Bizarro meant that as a compliment. Indeed. Uh, you're welcome, Bizarro. I think. And, Lanos, please delete all contents of the spam folder. Acknowledged. And while Lanos is doing that... Spam folder deletion complete. Perhaps I should take this time to remind the listeners that you are welcome to send your feedback via email at wondersdone, and that is one word, at gmail.com, in addition to posting on the Fire & Water podcast website. Speaking of which, shall we pick up the unanswered feedback that we had received for episode 4 in which we had reviewed the main story in Superman's Girlfriend Lois Lane, issue 74, which introduced the Bizarro Flash. Acknowledged. Located 13 unanswered responses from 12 listeners of the Done in One Wonders podcast Wonder Show, episode 4, Who Zoomed the Flash? Solomon Grundy, read response from Chris Franklin. Chris Franklin say... Well, Chris Franklin guess Chris Franklin better hold off on introducing Chris Franklin's local Grundy to Zoom's Grundy. Chris Franklin thinks Zoom have more than enough supervillains there at the moment. What Chris Franklin mean? Grundy already meet other Grundy. Podcast host and audio editor's note. Our Solomon Grundy had indeed already met the Solomon Grundy from Chris Franklin's Show on a Monday podcast in an exclusive 10-minute segment of the FW Presents the Fire and Water Summer Sampler Super Spectacular Show. Please note that this meeting had actually taken place shortly after the events in Episode 6 of the Done in One Wonders podcast Wonder Show, even though the Summer Spectacular was posted on the fireandwaternetwork.com website a few weeks before that sixth episode was posted. This time travel cod swallop is making my head hurt again. Other Grundys say that Grundy and Other Grundy will meet here at Grundy's home studio. Well then, we may have to plan an appropriate done in one wonder for us to review when the time comes, won't we? <sighs> Chris Franklin also say, Grundy, Kentucky explains a lot. Now Chris Franklin know where Other Grundy move in from. Chris Franklin also think that where House of Mystery is. Oh, I hope not. If it is, Chris and Cindy had better take good care at this time of the year. I understand the House of Mystery does not take too kindly to having to compete with the House of Franklinstein. Chris Franklin also say, Great coverage of story, as always. And man, is this nuts. Chris Franklin always thought it odd that Weisinger seemed to use the Flash more than any other DC character outside of Batman. Maybe because he was really popular then? 
And of course, he and Flash editor Julia Schwartz were old pals. Hmm, I had never made that Flash connection before. You may be correct, Mr. Franklin. I also understand that Mr. Weisinger had created Johnny Quick with artist Chad Grothkoff, so perhaps Mr. Weisinger simply had an affinity for speedster characters. Chris Franklin also say, Kurt Schaffenberger is severely underrated. Chris Franklin liked his stuff as a kid, and now Chris Franklin can really appreciate how slick and just on model his characters were. From every angle, they just always looked perfect. Indeed. I had recently reviewed a, interestingly enough, another Flash comic book on Aaron Head Moss's podcast, in which I had noted that some characters seemed to look like different people from panel to panel. With Mr. Schaffenberger, there was definitely no confusion regarding which character was whom. Chris Franklin also say, Good luck with your villain infestation problem, Zoom. Maybe we can send Shag over to do his dark side voice and scare him off. The dark side of what? I hope you never find out, Mr. Manning. Let's just leave it at that. A dishwasher Danny said, In the picture you provided, I noticed that the Flash, while pounding the gavel, is not wearing gloves. A very sharp observation, Danny. Thank you. Dishwasher Danny is referring to panel 3 on page 2 of Superman's Girlfriend Lois Lane, issue 74. I do not see any sleeve edges drawn at the Flash's wrists, so it is indeed a coloring mistake, which was obviously caused by someone intentionally following the costume of the Bizarro Flash, which did not wear gloves, and assumed that the real Flash had done the same. Now, I say someone because I do not know if this error was made by the actual colorist of the issue, or by someone at the printer, who may have thought that the Flash's hands were miscolored red by the actual colorist, because the artist forgot to draw the sleeve cuff lines, and thus corrected the color separation films. The world may never know. Incoming interspatial chronal transmission originating from Coast City, California of pre-crisis Earth-1, the year 1971. Hello, Governor. It's the butler. I'll be honest, I need a job ever since my chauffeur position got fell through. And I can make your life better. You want ships and balls, I'll make them. You want to get off the bottle, I'll drink it all for you. I got bottles with everything you could ever... Wait. I don't know what's in this one. Oh dear. Tracing the transmission and notifying local poison control and emergency responders. I hope you'll be alright. I think we could use a butler around here. And a chauffeur. Not a butler, Mr. Manning. He is the bottler. A one-time Green Lantern villain who had small bottles of gimmicked chemical liquids and gases that he had used to commit crimes. His actual name was Williams, the chauffeur of Titus Thomas Jordan, Hal Jordan's millionaire uncle. Titus wanted to help his niece-in-law, Sue Williams, no relation, who had married Hal's brother Jim, Sue had long believed that Jim Jordan was secretly the Green Lantern, and schemed with Titus to invent a fake supervillain called the Bottler, 
with the insignia of bottles as his trademark. The plan was to have Hal Jordan wear this bottler costume and stage a robbery as a way to force Jim to reveal himself as Green Lantern, not realizing that they were wrong about Jim and that Hal Jordan himself was the Green Lantern. Uh, are you following me so far? Uh, Solomon Grundy, not- Yep, definitely. You do not have to explain that again. At any rate, Williams, the chauffeur, had learned about this imaginary criminal and decided to become the bottler in real life as an easy path to riches of his own, until he was apprehended by Hal Jordan as Green Lantern. This was why the bottler's chauffeur job fell through. His first and only appearance was in Green Lantern, Volume 2, Issue 44. Oh, well then, noted for future reference. Emergency responders are on the scene. Chances of recovery are 97%. I'm glad to hear that. However, I do not see a need to add another regular host onto the podcast at the moment. I wonder if he was inspired by the voicemail from Carbrock in Episode 5 to cold call us for an audition. At any rate, we should get back to our listener feedback. What is next? Entity Edo Boznar on March 4th, 2018 at 10.05 Coordinated Universal Time stated, Man, oh man, what a story. It could be used as the ideal example of just how completely mad Silver Age DC could get. I have to say, though, I love the bizarro sort of Flash costume, especially the chest emblem. Too bad that wasn't used for an actual hero. He could have been called the Golden Gavel. Golden Gavel, one of Solomon Grundy's favorite ponies on Little Magic Pony Friend Show. I think that's on account that unicorn dresses like you. Except for his sharp looking tie. I myself find him to be a little too hoity-toity for my tastes. Give me Applejack any day of the week. Entity Edo Boznar continued. Anyway... Another good show, Zoom. Or am I supposed to say Zoom, spelled with a Z, now? Little Edo Man really thought we'd give up Little Professor Man to Yellow Flashy Man? Mr. Bosnar, uh, was not the only one, Mr. Grundy. It speaks volumes of your impeccable acting ability. Grundy always act with a lot of volume. Uh, indeed. Entity Edo Bosnar continued. And speaking of Zoom, I am wondering what, just what, in fact, he offered that could not be refused by the gang. Perhaps a crime spree in the nearby Home Depot? You know, raiding the Home Depot just ain't the same now that we're in a universe with no other people. Podcast host and audio editor's note, it was revealed in Episode 6 of the Done in One Wonders podcast Wonder Show that we had moved these studio operations to the DC Earth-1 universe, which was reconstructed after the Infinite Crisis event, though it remained unpopulated. Yep, that thar Home Depot is done empty of people. And inventory. If I had known of your interest, Entity Terraman... I could have created a trans-dimensional portal to Entity Zoom Yukonori's home universe, so you could visit the Daily City, California Home Depot. 
instead of... Oh, hey now. We all agreed not to raise any sand while part of this here wonder show. I'm just happy sitting here in this new home with my railroad Bible. But you may want to keep that portal on the ready, Lamo. Uh, in case, uh, Grundy downright demolishes the place again. Acknowledged. Grundy watching Cowboy Man's face just now, making Grundy's right eye feel itchy. Grundy not know why. Thank you for your feedback, Mr. Bosnar. Solomon Grundy read response from Darren Sutherland. Darren Sutherland say, Another fine episode, Zoom. Darren Sutherland thoroughly enjoyed it. Darren Sutherland also want to applaud Bizarro for excellent reading of Darren Sutherland and Ruth Sutherland's iTunes review. It was word for word perfect. Already waiting for next episode. Me am glad Sutherland Darren say Bizarro reading not imperfect. Me do much worse next time. Clinton Robinson done wrote, Another excellent episode, Mr. Yukonori and co-hosts. I'm glad to hear Terror Man feigning ignorance to ask about cover dates on comics. I wish I had a Terror Man around to educate me about such things when I first started reading comics. I wasn't feigning anything. I actually didn't know. Anywho, this gent continued. I love the surprise guest. Or should that be, me am hating very expected unwelcome person. Aha, uh -huh. me am sad Robinson Clinton hate Bizarro. Me hate Robinson Clinton as well. And thanks so much for the outtakes. Wonderful. I'll gladly listen to the 492 Flubs blooper reel. Keep up the wonderful podcasting, sirs. I still say we ought to do a blooper show one of these days. Solomon Grundy like that idea. Grundy say we should start with these. Wait a minute, what are you? John P. Alstrom, official money sniffer at the Federal Bureau of... Dang, nabbit! That gold darn aeroplanes. Didn't have to deal with them back in the old west. I like how these three panels are strung together. Gold darn aeroplane. Solomon Grundy hate flying plane. And I took down old Soupy with a single shot. I was so dang nabbit. Gold darn aeroplane. Look at me land that old sock dodger there in that gold darn aeroplane again. Solomon Grundy also hate loud air conditioner and lawnmower man next door. Look at that dandy there in panel two. And it, dang nabbit professor, how many aeroplanes keep flying over your house? Arrgh. Makes me want to jump on Minova and go up there and shoot him out of the sky. Solomon Grundy go with you. Throw lawnmower man into airplane. Heh. Well, I'm about as happy as a that dead barren aeroplane. <laughs> oh, you think you're so dad blasted clever, don't you? Solomon Grundy bet Cowboy Man so happy Earth One Studio don't have flying planes, and no lawnmower man either. Heh, <laughs> can't argue with that. Entity Nicholas Prom on March 5th, 2018 at 2226 Coordinated Universal Time stated, 
Regarding poll dates for unsold books, when these issues went unsold, the retailer returned the covers, or a part of the cover, to the distributor, not the publisher, for credit, rather than an actual refund. The retailers were then expected to destroy the unsold comics. Often, they did not. The vast majority of issues covered on my podcast, Comic Reflections, have been coverless return copies that survive their expected destruction. Another great show, Zoom. Love the inclusion of Bizarro. Mr. Prom is correct in regards to the inventory return process for comic book retailing at the newsstands. Indeed. I had originally defined the pull date for Entity Terraman from an overall publication perspective, and the return policy may have applied more to magazines in retail sales at the time. Perhaps so, Lenos, or there may have been a similar credit arrangement with those magazine distributors as well. While this is all good information to know, the original point was to explain why the date on the comic book covers, the pull date, did not match the on-sale release date, because, again, the pull date itself was a signal to the retailer of when to pull the comic from the shelf, hence the name, in order to make space for newer comic book issues. And going back to Mr. Prom's comments about the survival of so-called returned comics, actually, a number of the older duplicate comics that I had sorted for my Uncle Kenzo back in 1974 were either completely coverless, or had the logo portion of the cover removed. My understanding is that most, if not all, of these coverless returned comics that were not destroyed were unscrupulously sold at a discount by the newsstand retailers, who would essentially make 100% profit by doing so. My uncle had told me, on a few occasions, that he had purchased a few such comics at one particular newsstand in his old childhood neighborhood, and sometimes in used bookstores. But he would also come across some partially covered comics at the waiting areas of a barber shop or a dentist office. While, again, this was an unscrupulous retail practice, I do wonder how many readers would not have discovered nor enjoyed those comic book stories if those returned books were destroyed as originally intended. It sounds to me like some of your scruples are rubbing off, Professor. You mean rubbing off on you? as the rest of the saying goes. Nah, I just mean rubbing off of you. Listen to yourself, trying to justify cheating business practice. I thought I was attempting to see a benefit to someone else besides those certain retailers, but you are correct, Mr. Manning. They were cheating the system. Perhaps you're wanted by our FBI for accepting stolen property since you still have some of them comics with the cover logo torn off. Uh, let's move on, shall we? You can run, Professor, but you can't hide. Solomon Grundy, read response from Martin Gray. Martin Gray say, Martin Gray not read this issue for years, but loved it for its typical wackiness and the fact that it played fair with the readers, dropping clues a long way. Kurt Schaffenberger was artist Martin Gray loved from the first. His rounded finish is so wonderfully reassuring. Martin Gray know Kurt Schaffenberger worked outside of DC on mystery tales, probably pre-Lois Lane, 
but did he ever work at Marvel or its forebearers? That would be something fascinating to see. According to the comic book database, Entity Kurt Schaffenberger had illustrated a number of short stories for Atlas Comics, which was the name for the publisher that had succeeded Timely Comics and would later evolve into Marvel Comics. These stories include The Secret Ship, published in issue 39 of Atlas Comics' Strange Tales Anthology, cover dated October 1955, and two tales in another anthology title designated as Astonishing. The Sudden Storm, in issue 49, cover dated May 1956, and The Perilous Paintings, in issue 51, cover dated July 1956. He had also penciled Running for Love, a short story for a Marvel Comics romance title known as Our Love Story, in issue 19, cover dated October 1972. Well, there you are, Mr. Gray. Happy hunting, sir. Martin Gray also say, Is Solomon perhaps related to Ms. Grundy? Another Grundy? You know, I read some of the Professor's Jughead comics. And I must say the resemblance is uncanny. Perhaps so, Mr. Manning. And I am glad that you had enjoyed the story, Mr. Gray. Incoming interspatial chronal transmission originating from Los Angeles, California of the pre-crisis Earth-1, the year 1984. Guten Tag, Herr Zoom. Podcasting is not unlike training for the Olympics. I have practiced for many years of my life for the sport and trained even more for fighting that Doomkopf Green Lantern. For I am the Javelin. Mine unerring accuracy with the Javelin is unrivaled. Surely your Legion of Zoom could use my services. After all, when the javelin accepts a contract, he always fulfills it. We can discuss my fee when you return my call. Auf then. Solomon Grundy think Javelin Man should join Zoom Crew. How him non-expertise in not throwing javelin be useless? Useless indeed. You said it, chisel face. But Javelin Man said he was really, really good. Indeed he was, until Green Lantern Hal Jordan defeated him in their first battle, chronicled in Green Lantern Volume 2, Issues 173 and 174. But I have a feeling that the Javelin would not want to join our crew once he finds out that no money is made from this podcast, and thus we cannot pay him. At least you offer room and board. It is the least I could do, Mr. Manning. J. Kevin Collier done wrote, After that wicked cliffhanger, I'm not sure if Zoom will be able to read this, but regardless. So little J. Kevin man also fooled by Grundy acting up. Maybe lame computer can open a portal to little Professor Man's Earth and Grundy go to Broadway. Right. 
Anywho, that Kyer gent said, Congratulations on another great episode. This story displays some of the best and worst aspects of the Silver Age. I'm glad you didn't shy away from calling out the problematic elements. Even by the standards of the era, the Weisinger edited Superman stories had some pretty twisted gender politics. And yet, they also have so many clever and fun ideas too. I guess it's up to each reader to decide if the good outweighs the bad, or vice versa. And as you point out, us modern readers can't be too smug about it, since society still has so far to go. Indeed, as I have been observing among heated fandom debates of late, though such arguments had been going on for decades, they just seem to have more visibility in the modern social media culture. Pretty heady stuff for a silly old funny book, but that kind of context and insightful observation is exactly why I keep tuning in. Thanks for all your hard work. Indeed, and thank you for the kind commentary, Mr. Kayer. Entity Rob Kelly on March 4th, 2018 at 1312 Coordinated Universal Time stated, By talking about this issue, you spotlighted something I always thought was odd when it came to the Lois Lane series. DC expressly marketed this book to girl readers, running ads for it alongside Wonder Woman and whatever title Supergirl was in that month, and yet the writing was still so geared to the girls are so silly mentality of the time. Not that we could have expected the book to be an avatar for the women's lib movement, but you'd think DC would have tried to steer the book's content towards its intended audience. Or maybe they figured Lois Lane was mostly read by Superman fans, which were mostly male? I honestly do not know, Mr. Kelly. I do agree that it was odd to see how a title that appeared to be written for female readers would have such a reductive view of women. Even Wonder Woman and Supergirl had been placed in a number of misogynistic scenarios, usually involving soap opera romance. The worst example in my mind was the story in The Brave and the Bold, Volume 1, Issue 63 in which both Wonder Woman and Supergirl had essentially dismissed their superpowers and heroic deeds as, quote, not very feminine. And they both expressed a preference to wear fashionable clothing and had acted stereotypically timid in order to be desirable to a pair of European men. This story rubbed me the wrong way personally. The men's definition of how a woman should be was bad enough, but what was worse was that the women in this story seemed so willing to debase themselves in order to gain the affections of such men. It was completely out of character, and I do not even want to begin to theorize what writer Bob Haney and editor George Cashton had in mind when they had developed this story. But if listeners are looking for further details and additional commentary... This comic book story had actually been covered by Rob Kelly and Shag Matthews in episode 110 of the Fire and Water podcast. Entity Rob Kelly continued. 
I started a drinking game with this show where I took a swig every time you said Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Praise be his name. I am now dead. Evidently, he got better. This show continues to amaze with its loopy creativity, depth of commentary, and audio dexterity. An amazing World of DC Comics achievement. Thank you again for your insight and the very kind words, Mr. Kelly. That Ted Kilvington gent wrote, Another fine show, sir. There is one surefire thing you could do to improve your program. Guaranteed weekly release. Well, I guess we can't make this show any better, can we? Apparently not, Mr. Manning. We will have to settle for being just another fine show. Thank you, Mr. Kildington, for the compliment. Incoming interspatial chronal transmission originating from Gotham City, New Jersey of pre-crisis Earth-1, the year 1977. Allow me to introduce myself. I am the Cavalier, potentially a greater inconvenience to the Cape Crusader than even the Joker or the Penguin. In fact, twas four times that I did cross blades with that knave ere he captured me. I seek an audience with those most vile miscreants, the Legion of Zoom. Mine own electric sword shall be in thine employ, should I gain acceptance into such a merry band of melodious malcontents. Forsooth, though my life as Mortimer Drake no longer holds any meaning since that scoundrel Batman did make my identity public, I shall ever endeavor to procure the most unique and precious artifacts of well, quite frankly, of art. That is what the Legion of Zoom longs for, is it not? Do ye not seek the most unique artistic finds in all of fabled lore? Surely such a foppish play of done-in-one-wonder show serves as means to procure that which is the most amazing and singular beauties of human culture? As for my memberships, Say thee yay or nay! Aye, there's the rub. I shall await thy reply, noble Zoom. Who the blazes was that snorter? Entity Mortimer Drake, the Cavalier, was a man of exotic and idiosyncratic taste, who had resorted to theft when he found himself unable to legally acquire the more exotic valuables he wanted for his collection. Donning a costume resembling that of a legendary musketeer, his course of action ultimately brought him into conflict with Entity Batman and Entity Robin, beginning in Detective Comics Volume 1, Issue 81. Three villain calls to quit Zoom crew on different day and great coincidence. You had not said it, Bizarro. And the Cavaliers talk about art thefts. You don't suppose the reverse flash was inspired by Carbrock's voicemail in episode 5 to secretly start a recruitment drive for his so-called Legion of Zoom? The stealing of art is his modus operandi. A logical hypothesis, Entity Zoom Yukonori. 
It would appear that is the case. You sound like you have another hypothesis, Lenos. Another... Lemo? A word. Mr. Manning? Sorry, just got a text about them upgrades we was shopping for. We need to jump on this quick so we don't miss out. Ah, okay. Lenos, before I forget, we should compile some sort of blanket response that can prevent any more of these, uh, auditions from spamming up our communications. Acknowledged. This ain't the work of that reverse flash, ain't it? You are correct, Entity Terra Man. Upon reviewing my processing functions from earlier this cycle, I discovered that, while I was compiling the transmission for your gang of outlaws, you had mentioned joining the Zoom crew for the recording session, and I had inadvertently added the phrase, Join the Zoom crew, to the end of the message before transmission. Oh man, this'll spill the beans on our whole criminal, uh, therapeutic operation. Didn't you say you could do five ninzillion things at one time? And somehow you can't write a memo without copying a line from a different conversation? I will commence a full system self-diagnostic. Nope. You're gonna keep a close eye on this so the professor don't find out nothing. Got it? Acknowledged. Well, deal's all set, and we have pickup scheduled for next week. Where are we at? Solomon Grande, read response from Mark Baker Wright. Mark Baker Wright say, Perhaps you can clear up something that has confused Mark Baker Wright for several episodes now. Mark Baker Wright understand why Grundy refer to a certain assistant as the Lamo computer. Not least because every acronym the computer uses comes out to Lamo. Grundy think Mark Baker Wright is talking about Lamo computer. Agreed. However, little professor man himself seemed to consistently pronounce the name as Lanos. That is, with a clear N sound rather than an M. What Mark Baker Wright missing? Commencing the abridged recapitulation of the Lanos entry from Zoom's Who in the DC Extended Universe. Volume 1, page... You'd already done that in the last episode, you bleepin' box of bunk. And sides, I also posted up a reply to that Baker Wright hombre, who would thank me kindly. And for those who would like another look at Lanos's backstory, the actual printed pages of the Zoom's Who entry can be found on the gallery page of Episode 6. Entity Siskoid on March 15, 2018, at 18.44 Coordinated Universal Time stated, My question is for Bizarro. Will you make the show more perfect by making it more mediocre? Cause I don't know how I feel about that. Bizarro sure how me feel about trick question from Coid Sis. Me like to make show more mediocre, but want to make show more imperfect, not perfect. So me hope to, Bizarro guess. That concludes all of the unanswered responses to the Done in One Wonders Podcast Wonder Show Episode 4. Who Zoomed the Flash? 
Thank you, Lenos. Let us all take a brief podcast promo break, and when we return, we will cover your listener feedback to Episode 5. Solomon Grundy not give listener feedback. I was actually talking to the people out there in podcast listening land, Mr. Grundy. But little professor man look right at Grundy when little professor man say... Actually, you are sitting directly behind the microphone. Is little professor man telling Grundy that Grundy should leave listener feedback? Oh no, Mr. Grundy, I was just saying that... Little professor man not mansplaining again, ain't you? Grundy hate mansplaining. Almost as much as Grundy hate lawnmower man. Come back. Back through the fire and water network. Come back with the supermates. I said, come back. Back to the house of Frankenstein. The supermates present. Four blood-curdling films with an all-star cast. Lon Chaney Jr. I know you'll think I'm crazy, but in a half an hour the moon will rise and I'll turn into a wolf. Gary Busey. I'm a little too old to be playing the Hardy Boys meet Reverend Werewolf. Christina Ricci. I'd love to have a tame one, but I wouldn't have the heart to cage him. Corey Hain. I want you to turn this into a silver bullet. Bela Lugosi. You should be careful. A person can get killed that way. Johnny Depp. No, no, you must believe me. It was a horseman, a dead one. Headless. Peter Cushing. Have you heard of the cult of the undead? Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Do you know what could happen if I meet Dracula in the woods? I'll bite. Oh, no, you gotta stand in line. Plus four monstrous battles with your favorite comic book heroes. I sense you're trying to resist this evil, Batman. Open your mind so I can help you. Destroy me, Jean. Booster Gold, Vampire Slayer. This September and October, come back to the Fire and Water Network and the home of horror and heroes. I believe you're in the house of Dracula right now. No, wrong address. Come back to the house of Frankenstein. Back. Back. Yes, master. Give me some Dracula. <laughs> Welcome back to a special episode of the Done in One Wonders podcast Wonder Show, which is exclusively dedicated to the Done in One Wonders electronic mailroom and your listener feedback. We are now about to embark on your feedback for episode 5, in which we had to deal with a hostile takeover of the show by the Ruthless Reverse Flash, which we had done so mostly by reviewing the story published in The Flash, Volume 1, Issue 225. And we also destroyed the whole Dad Burn universe. And despite us fixing everything, I will never be able to live it down. Lanos? Located 10 responses from 9 listeners of the Done in One Wonders Podcast Wonder Show, Episode 5, Rise of the Legion of Zoom. Solomon Grundy, read response from Laurel at Mountain Flower 1. Laurel at Mountain Flower 1 say, Can't wait to listen to episode. Been so worried about what might have happened to Professor Zoom, a.k.a. Little Professor Man. 
Many thanks for producing a wonderful podcast. Thank you for your concern, Laurel. Everything, well, eventually turned out all right. Thank you also for the kind words. I hope you continue to enjoy the show. Clinton Robinson wrote in again, saying, Still going strong. Nothing's going to stop you now, Zoom. Wait, is that a loud noise I hear? I agree with Terror Man. Aw, oh, dang. That whole space-time continuum collapse was louder than Grundy's snoring, wasn't it? Clinton Robinson also said he's ready for season two. It starts next week, right? Right? Aw, oh, dang. Haha, <laughs> next week I'm right for sure. What Clinton Robinson's deal want weekly podcast show? Grundy needs few weeks to soothe Grundy's voice tween episodes. Pizarro no have voice problem outside intervals meself. Pizarro read unimportant silence from Franklin Chris. So when can we not expect force field poncho to not be available in water and fire store? Robinson Clinton not say he not want one sporting each show logo. My apologies, Mr. Franklin and Mr. Robinson. T-Public will not be able to mass-produce a force-field poncho because it would be too cost-prohibitive. And cause I refuse to share the secret of my technology. Indeed. However, we do have two sets of apparel and merchandise available in the Fire and Water store, which you can access by clicking the Merch link on the main menu of the fireandwaterpodcast.com website. One set features our show logo, and the other incorporates an illustration of the entire Zoom crew. Little Professor Man too modest to mention he illustrates Zoom crew picture all by himself. All proceeds from sales of the Fire & Water Podcast merchandise go toward maintaining the fireandwaterpodcast.com website, which is a task I would not wish upon my worst enemy. Entity Rob Kelly on May 12, 2018 at 1421 Coordinated Universal Time stated, I kept checking for red skies while listening to this. Cross-referencing. It seems that Entity Rob Kelly was referring to the Crisis on Infinite Earths. It would appear he was wasting his time since the collapse of the space-time continuum was restricted to the Earth-1 universe. It would appear so, but since we had managed to stop it in the previous episode, who was to say that it would not have led to a domino effect and trigger a collapse of the neighboring universe, and the next, and the next, just like those Zedniks that Mr. Thawne had talked about? I don't even want to think about it. Entity Rob Kelly continued, also, Solomon Grundy's comment about Iris West concerned me. I don't like the idea that he has romantic thoughts at all. Grundy can't help who Grundy love, but Grundy not love pretty Iris Allen girl. Grundy just think Iris Allen girl pretty. Almost as pretty as Purple Bat Lady and Green Girl. This was the same green girl you was fighting just before the professor pulled you out of the pre-crisis Earth 2 timeline, right? Green girl daughter of Green Lantern, and Grundy hate Green Lantern, so Grundy hate Green Girl, and Grundy fight Green Girl. 
Until Green Girl tried to save Grundy from Giant Ice Wall. So Grundy not hate Green Girl anymore. Podcast and show editor's note. Mr. Grundy is referring to Jade, the daughter of the Earth 2 Green Lantern Alan Scott. And in his own way, Mr. Grundy is retelling the events that had occurred during the Crisis on Infinite Earths, as chronicled in Infinity Incorporated, Volume 1, Issue 23. This was right before an earthquake shattered the glacier Grundy was holding back so that Jade, Brainwave Jr., and Northwind could evacuate the hidden bird people city of Phythera. We had rescued Entity Solomon Grundy just before he would have been buried and frozen by the glacial rubble, and before he would have otherwise been replaced by his post-crisis counterpart when the multiverse timelines realigned. Entity Solomon Grundy's post-crisis counterpart would next appear in Infinity Incorporated, Volume 1, Issue 35. And that Grundy would return as Jade's friend, having recognized how Jade had saved him from that frozen doom. Just as this pre-crisis Solomon Grundy had befriended us by recognizing how we had rescued him. Indeed. Entity Rob Kelly continued. If I recall correctly, this is the first show on the network to end on a cliffhanger, except for every episode of Fire and Water where people wonder if Shag and I will ever co-host again. And that has been an ongoing cliffhanger for over seven years. Congratulations on your recent anniversary, Robin Shag. Incoming interspatial chronal transmission originating from Gotham City, New Jersey, of pre-crisis Earth-1, the year 1984. I am Polka Dot Man, and I have only one word that will convince you to bring me into the Zoom crew. Dots! Yes, everyone fears my dots. They're hypnotic, they're beautiful, they're... Sorry, got distracted. And I know that all of you can't resist my dots. Dippin' Dots! I work at the place down the street. I'll bet one of you just loves the rainbow sherbet. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to go and walk my dog. Come on, Stripes! The Pokey Dot Man? Is that dude for real? Indeed, Mr. Manning. He was a villain with a suit of gimmicked dot-shaped weapons who had first appeared in the landmark 300th issue of the first volume of Detective Comics. So he's like a big deal Batman villain then, even though he has a freeze-dried ice cream franchise. I actually think that franchise would be the primary reason he would be a big deal these days, Mr. Manning. Accessing data file from Who's Who, the definitive directory of the... Uh, actually, Lanos, there was never an entry for the Polka Dot Man in that directory. I did plan to create a Zoom's Who entry for him in a later volume, however... Then I shall interface with the Interspatial Time Conveyor to access the Zoom's Who file from a few years in the future. Really? That's pretty impressive, Lanos. However, I don't think we should risk creating another bootstrap paradox by... Searching 2020 data files for... Oh. Lanos? File search cancelled. I... 
had just registered your caution regarding the risk of creating a bootstrap paradox. You are indeed correct. We can make better use of this time by responding to the feedback responses for the Done in One Wonders Podcast Wonder Show Episode 5, Rise of the Legion of Zoom. Entity Solomon Grundy, if you would please. Solomon Grundy, read message from Tim Price. Tim Price say, Hooray! Solomon Grundy, save his friend, little professor man, after all. Tim Price was worried, but Tim Price knew Solomon Grundy was just misunderstood. Good job, Solomon Grundy. Solomon Grundy, master thespian. Maybe Grundy should skip Broadway and go straight to Hollywood. Tim Price managed to send comment before end of episode. Tim Price wonders what happened at the end. Aw, dang. Tim Price hit by a paradox wave. Grundy liked Tim Price, even though Tim Price talked funny. But Bizarro not stop Paradox Wave by leaving Yellow Flashman in outer space and not putting him back in prison. Oh yeah, so Tim Price be A-okay. Except Tim Price still talk funny. Paul Hicks Dunn wrote, The performance art of this here show makes it the closest thing to a comic that isn't a comic. I'm impressed and a little scared by this early arrival of the future of podcasting. Mr. Hicks, you are much too kind. I really cannot say that anything that we are doing here is revolutionary. Oh, you're wrong, Professor. No other podcast has what your podcast has. And that's me, the Terror Man. Well, by gum, I believe you are right, sir. But as far as the future of podcasting goes, I think we will strive to provide that in the future. In the future, perhaps so. Entity Martin Gray on May 14th, 2018 at 2222 Coordinated Universal Time stated, Another brilliant episode. So much drama and suspense. I'm glad Toby Manning and company came through. Indeed, Mr. Gray, and so was I. Heh. <laughs> That's what Zoom crewmates are for. Hey, all of a sudden I am wondering if Terraman ever met Toby. Is Mr. Gray referring to Toby, the minstrel of space, who sings epic tales to lonely space voyagers? Yeah. That slang gander and snipper snapper done ruined one of my best planned heists on Graxius Four. Cause that grooning gump kept singing the play-by-play and tipped off the local law who done rode me out of the Graxia star system on a rail. And on top of that, he had a voice like someone done forgot to grease the wagon. And don't get me started about his horror. He looked like he was snorting his own sideburns. Ah, so that would be a yes, Mr. Gray. Solomon Grundy, read response from Siskoid. Siskoid say, Well, that was a season finale. And despite the tease of a cliffhanger last time, it was all done in one after all. No waiting weeks to find out if Zoom would replace Zoom. And a Silver Age resolution, too. Thank you, Siskoid. The Silver Age-esque solution for dealing with the reverse flash did come in handy. 
And now we all know how awkward it is to speak with all that expository dialogue in the middle of a fight. What do you mean? I pride myself on going to great lengths to have a lengthy explanatory monologue worked out before I get in a row with old Supe. Solomon Grundy always plan in advance, too. Grundy write eloquent oration for a flying man fight. All categorized into compelling talking points detailing Grundy's motivation. Which Grundy write on note cards so Grundy remember. See? Grundy hate flying man. But then swamp water smudge notes and make note cards all soggy. And then Grundy get nervous and forget Grundy's lines. So Grundy just improvise. You are not the only one who does, Mr. Grundy. What is next? Entity Ward Hill Terry on May 21st, 2018 at 14.52 Coordinated Universal Time stated, Once again, Zoom, you've created a wonderful experience. Your approach, attention to oral details, through line, and succinct analyses make for joyful listening. I've not read this issue. But the Bates-Novick Flash stories are the ones that I first read, and I have a great fondness for them. Thank you, Mr. Terry, and so do I. Recently, I was listening to some other comics podcasts and was very disappointed. While I don't expect everyone, or anyone, to do the same effort as you, I do expect people to speak clearly. That's a minimum for an audio medium. Several of the annoyances of these non-fire-and-water podcasters include not reading their copy clearly, being in an apparent rush to get to the end, being in no rush to get to the subject, casually alluding to writers, artists, and stories without context, and using special effects on their voices that make it hard to hear what is being said. The quality of the Done-in-One Wonder Show is well worth waiting for. Thank you for all the effort and care you put into it. Thank you again for the kind words, and for your patience, Mr. Terry. Given that this episode is just a simple mailroom segment, I hope that you will not be disappointed... Incoming interspatial chronal transmission originating from Gothenburg, Sweden, of pre-crisis Earth-1, the year 1967. Greetings. I'm the animal, vegetable, mineral man. It has come to my attention that you are in search of new members for your Zoom crew. I would be very useful with my ability to become anything, whether animal, mineral, or vegetable. And I bet that computer of yours will be very helpful in defeating that accursed calder. If you still doubt me, I have a better way to prove my case. I am a great example of a modern evil criminal. I transform into things animal, vegetable, and mineral. I'm very good at science, and I hate the color imbecile. One day I'm going to kill him, and my joy will be continual. Nope. 
Why Cowboy Man stop funny any veggie mini man song? Sides him punishing the R with his caterwauling. You heard him. He wants to off this Calder hombre. Entity Dr. Niles Calder, a paraplegic scientific genius and leader of the ill-fated Doom Patrol. He was reportedly killed by Entity General Immortus in The Doom Patrol, Volume 1, Issue 121, cover dated September-October 1968. Regardless, we agreed to do no harm. Uh, I mean, that sums up the agreement to be a co-host for this here wonder show, right, Professor? Indeed, and eloquently put, Mr. Manning. The idea of plotting a murder has definitely convinced me that the Reverse Flash must have somehow put out a secret call for recruits for his so-called Legion of Zoom. Which, come to think of it, would have been relatively easy for one with super speed. And it was very clever of him to target low-profile villains so he would not disrupt the pre-crisis Earth-1 timeline. That was indeed very clever of... Entity Eobard Thawne. Lanos, please politely decline his request. Though, if we ever do decide to do a song and dance variety show... I agree wholeheartedly, Professor. Though, maybe we should just ignore him. Acknowledged. As I had intended to state before we had received this transmission, we had concluded all of the listener responses received for the Done in One Wonders Podcast Wonder Show Episode 5. Rise of the Legion of Zoom. Thank you again, Lenos. Let us take another podcast promo break, and when we return, we will review your listener feedback to our last episode. Hey everyone, I'm Michael Bailey. And I'm Jeffrey Taylor. You might remember us from such show as From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast. Whatever happened to that show? Well, it went away, and now it's back. We're back? That's right. After taking a year off and having a preview episode on April 1st, all new episodes of From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast will be available for download or subscription on your favorite podcatcher starting on May 30th, 2018. We have a lot to talk about right away, like the aftermath of the death of Clark Kent... The end of Season 2 of Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. All of the Superman-related annuals under the Year One banner. Superman v. Aliens, dawn of a really good crossover. And so much more as we continue through the triangle-numbered books and the related books for the second half of 1995 as we gear up for that line-wide crossover, Underworld Unleashed. Starring the newly revived Lex Luthor and the Superman crossover, The Trial of Superman. And right around the corner, there's a wedding and a major change for both the costume and powers of the Man of Steel. There's a wedding? Who's getting married? Plus the side titles, miniseries, and one-shots that we've been really excited to tackle. From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast. Covering the post-crisis on Infinite Earth's era of Superman. New episodes drop on Thursdays, mostly. Unless they don't, but there's usually a very good excuse. Show notes, images from the comics covered, and back episodes can be found at www.fortressofbailytude.com.
Welcome back to a special episode of the Done in One Wonders Podcast Wonder Show, which is exclusively dedicated to the Done in One Wonders Electronic Mailroom and your listener feedback. We have now reached the feedback for episode 6, our second season premiere in which we had met my Parallel Universe counterpart and conducted a review of the main story in Green Lantern Volume 2, Issue 158. I had also explained why that science fiction romance tale had touched me so deeply by sharing a personal account about the first person with whom I had fallen in love and lost. And if you don't mind, gentlemen, I would like to read the responses pertaining to that story myself. Ado Bosnar had written, Thanks for sharing a very personal story about Danielle. I know it happened long ago, but I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you, Mr. Bosnar. Martin Gray had stated, What a sad story, all those intense teenage emotions, then the tragedy of Danielle and her family. I'm glad you found a true adult love and hope sharing the story helped. Thank you, Mr. Gray, and yes, it did help. Thank you for letting me share. Paul Hicks had written, Wow, Zoom, such a sad and personal story, beautifully told. This can't have been easy to share, but I really respect and admire the emotional exposure you risked to tell us. Thank you, Mr. Hicks, and no, it's not always easy revisiting some of those memories. But I actually did not see it as a risk. I simply wanted everyone to understand precisely why this comic book story had made such an emotional impact on me. I think everyone can relate to how certain movies, television programs, and even songs could suddenly trigger bittersweet reminders of the past. A loop in time did the same for me. Laurel at Mountain Flower One said, Thank you for sharing such a poignant personal story. I'm sorry you had to experience such tragedy, but am happy for you that you eventually found love again. I hope we will hear that story someday, too. Thank you, Laurel. Perhaps there will be an opportunity to tell that story about Namiko in a future podcast. In the meantime, you can read the highlights in my blog, Omelette au Fromage. In the episode 6 show notes, I had included a link to the blog post about the job interview in which I had met Namiko as well as another post about a later chance encounter in which we made a deeper connection. Robert Ward had stated, I've been thinking about your story all day, Zoom, and trying desperately to find the right words to say. This episode, like always, was stellar, but your story choice and personal story was a real gut punch. I have just been in a daze. Thank you for sharing something so personal with us. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Mr. Ward. Gut punch and in a daze definitely describe some of the many reactions I had had for weeks and months afterward. And thank you for sharing some of the pain. We had also received a response from Gene Hendricks, who had written, You know, I don't think I've ever listened to a podcast that had hit me so hard emotionally. Not only are you a wonderful storyteller, Zoom, but you're also one of the bravest. It took a lot of courage to share those memories, and I want to thank you for doing it. I think that pretty much all teenage boys are cowards, especially where girls are concerned, 
But you had the opportunity to tell Dan exactly how you felt and did not shy away from it. I'm sorry that it was in your last interaction with her, but you did better than most of us would have. Now if I can just get this ache out of my chest. That observation means a lot, Mr. Hendricks, though I will admit there had been a number of earlier opportunities with Dan that I had shied away from. But thank you for that, and for also sharing some of the pain. A listener named Erich had written, Thank you for sharing such a deeply personal story. I have no words. No words are necessary, Erich. Thank you for listening. J. Kevin Collier said in his response, You demonstrate the reason why we hold these cheesy old comics so dear. Not just for their own qualities, but because of the memories they evoke, the way we connect the narratives to our own lives. I'm sure it wasn't easy to share such a personal and painful story, but I'm grateful that you did. And I am grateful to you for listening, Mr. Collier. Thank you. And, indeed, what you had stated about evoking memories and connecting the stories to our own lives is indeed part of the overall wonder of comic books. And you had expressed much more succinctly the point I was making in my earlier response to Mr. Hicks, so my thanks to you for that as well. Chris Franklin had also written a response, saying, Wow, Zoom. As with Uncle Kenzo, while I enjoy all the comic hijinks and fantastic production work, your story about Danielle was just... Well, it was very touching. I could relate to the early parts of your relationship very well, as they mirrored the early days of mine and Cindy's friendship. I can't imagine going through what you did at such an age, but I'm kind of glad you took some of that anger out on Derek. I know as an adult you probably regret it, but I kind of feel like he deserved it, just from what we heard here. Thank you, Chris. Regarding my taking my anger out on Derek, at the time, I thought he did indeed deserve it. It was just a few weeks after Dan's death. I walked by that pub on my way home after school, as I would do every day after school. But on that particular day, Derek was having a cigarette break out front with a few of his co-worker mates, and was essentially bragging about the sex he had with Dan weeks before using a lot of derogatory terms to describe both the act and my now-dead friend. I should have just ignored him and kept walking. But of course, Derek had seen me walking by, and commented that because I had known Dan, I must also know exactly what he was just talking about. And I just lost it. I smacked him in the face hard with the base of my palm. I was so angry. Not just for what he was saying about Dan just then, but for all the pain he caused Dan weeks before. Derek fought back, but that was exactly what I had wanted. I was lucky his mates didn't join in. Instead, they went to get the pub owner, who, as I had stated, was a friend of my father's, to break up the fight. And by break up the fight, I mean to stop me from continuing to beat on a person while he was down. Looking back on it, it was actually scary how badly I wanted to hurt him right then and there. Scarier still, if I could go back and have a do-over of that day, I would most likely do the same thing. I had been in a half-dozen fights in my lifetime, but they were usually ones I did not start. 
and I had found myself either defending myself or a friend or a complete stranger or even the woman who would later become my wife. But that fight with Derek was the only fight that I did start. And while he may have provoked me, and I truly believe that he had it coming, yes, I do indeed regret it. It was a moment that I am not particularly proud of. But enough with past regrets. Thank you all very much for the kind responses and well wishes, and for allowing me to take you back to a time when a pretty British girl with sparkling sea-green eyes had made such a tremendous impact on my formative years. Now then, Lenos, please call up the rest of the comments from the last episode. Acknowledged. Solomon Grundy read rest of response from Martin Gray. Martin Gray say, Great choice of one-off tale. Martin Gray forgotten that one. Martin Gray not a big fan of Green Lantern as total space opera, but taken as one-offs, there were some great stories in this run. Martin Gray have to say, how was very forgiven of the nutty professor. Probably he fancied her. Love that cover. It almost looks as if Keith Pollard always loved his classy signature. Reused the interior how for the cover. Great coloring job there, too. Of course, the rays were pink. Tony Tolan loved using that color on his GL run. Probably some color theory thing. You may be right, Mr. Gray. With red being the chromatographic opposite to the color green, and with pink being essentially a shade of red... Why, little Professor Man interrupting Grundy? Martin Gray also say hello to Earth One Zoom. Why, little Professor Man not say hello back? Oh, uh, thank you, Grundy. Being the only Zoom here on Earth One, I should say that... Perhaps Entity Martin Gray had sent greetings to the Zoom from the Zoom for Sam Earth. Ah, that would make more sense. I will be sure to pass your salutations along, Mr. Gray. And while we are on the subject, I should say that I had decided to follow the example of my other Earth counterpart and launch a Zoom for Sam podcast of my own in which I share my joy of Samantha Fox with a spotlight on a single single in a single episode. That not sound too catchy. You're welcome, Bizarro. The first episode had debuted earlier this month as part of the FW Presents podcast series. I had spent some 20-odd minutes looking back on how I had discovered Ms. Fox and her music, and talked about one of my most treasured tracks from her sophomore album. Martin Gray had one last question. Don't all Brits take shoes off at front door? Martin Gray's mother would go light if Martin Gray trailed dirt in. I would not claim that the removal of shoes is strictly an Asian custom, Mr. Gray. However, I do know that Dan's family did not practice it, from what Dan herself had told me. The three flatmates that I had while living in the UK did not practice that custom either, Though the third did start after a while when he realized, as per your mum, that it had helped reduce the need to clean the floors as often. Martin Gray had one more last question. Like Little Detective Man on Detective TV Show. You are speaking of Columbo. Ha! That's it. Like Little Detective Man on Columbo. Apropos of nothing, if Little Professor Man had to have Fuzzy 70's UK TV co-host, 
Would co-host be Bungle, George, or Zippe? From what little I had seen of the Rainbow Program, and this was mostly during visits to friends who had relatives in that very young age group, I would have to say Zippy. He seemed to be the livelier of the three. The last time you referred to someone as livelier, that usually meant he was loud and obnoxious. Solomon Grundy, loudest and obnoxious one there is. Then Zippy would be in good company, sir. Incoming interspatial chronal transmission originating from Gotham City, New Jersey of pre-crisis Earth-1, the year 1983. <clears throat> this thing on. Okay. Hello, Professor Zoom. I am the great and mighty Clue Master. Shut up, Stephanie. I am the Clue Master. I am one of Batman's greatest villains. And at the moment, I appear to be in between jobs. So I'm calling you, Professor Zoom, to join you in your band of evil henchmen. To lend my services in taking over the world. You could do worse than having Clue Master at your... Stephanie, will you get out of my evil lit? Yes, this is, I know, this is the basement, but Kurt, Stephanie, come on. This is my evil lair, and I'm busy talking to a great man. I'm talking to Professor Zoom. The reverse flash, you know, the, the flash of enemy. I'm going to team up with him, and my, I'll go up and, right, yes. Uh, Stephanie, Steph, Stephanie, get out of here. Let's go put your mother. <clears throat> Anyways, Professor Zoom. I have followed your exploits as you battled the Flash, and I wish to pitch my services in with you. Together with the rest of your Zoom crew, we shall take over the universe. As far as my resume, I did serve as a... I was a member of the great and mighty Injustice League, who fought the Justice League. Yes, we did have that short period where we joined up with the Justice League International, became the Justice League uh, Antarctica... But that's another story entirely. That was a bad moment in my life. But I have fought Batman numerous times. I almost this close came to discovering the secret identity of the Batman. Oh, if I would have done... Anyways, that's another story entirely. But I fight Batman. Who else do you have on your roster that can fight the Batman? Anywho. Professor Zoom. Good buddy, pal. I'm great with clues. It's all in the name. Clue Master. Uh, give me a call. Give me a ring. Give me a jingle jingle. Let me know when I can join you guys and I can help you guys. Stephanie, leave me alone. Can't you see I'm busy leaving a message for the great and mighty Professor Zoom? What? This isn't that Zoom. This is What the heck? So this isn't, this isn't your Barton. This isn't. The reverse flash. This isn't the professor. This is some other guy named Professor Zoom. What kind of cockamamie bull? Get out of here, Stephanie. I would still love to be a part of your team, Professor Zoom. Just give me a call back and I'll join you right away. Please, give me a call back. I can't go back to game shows. That's demeaning. I can't rejoin it just like Antarctica. That's even more demeaning. The Clue Master? The Clue Master, Entity Arthur Brown, 
a failed game show host who became a criminal who leaves clues to his crimes. Similar to Entity Edward Nigma, the Riddler. Except the Clue Master's clues are not in the form of riddles. Heh, <laughs> for a master of clues, it sure took him a while to get one. Obviously, Clue Man looked up our podcast wonder show on interwebs while making call. Uh-huh, and what clued you in on that? What Cowboy Man mean? I believe Entity Terraman was implying that Entity Solomon Grundy was engaging in, to borrow the term, mansplaining. Solomansplaining, more like it. Why, you... Gentlemen, please, do no harm, remember? Aw, okay. No worries there, Professor. You forget I'm wearing my force field poncho, so Grundy can't harm... <laughs> Good. Oh dear, we are having a lot of trouble today, aren't we, listeners? Now, Grundy, that wasn't very nice, is it? If you want to keep reading more responses, you are going to have to control yourself. But, but Little Professor Man said Little Professor Man hit Derek Man when Derek Man said... And I was charged for assault and now have a felony count on my record for it, Mr. Grundy. Believe me, I understand. But do you want to read more responses, or do you want Bizarro to send you to your room? Read responses? Then please help Mr. Manning up and say you are sorry. Okay. Sorry, cowboy man. Just Solomon Grundy hate mansplaining. I'm sorry I provoked you, Grundy. But you know, I sometimes can't help popping off on something. Just like Zippy from Rainbow, I suppose it's a good thing we do not have him as a co-host on this program, is it not? Mr. Manning, I would suggest you try not to be so difficult with Grundy and make him unhappy, hmm? How about it? I'll try. Splendid. I think we have all learned a very valuable lesson here, don't you? Why do I have the feeling this was all for that Martin Gray gent's benefit? I believe this would be the part where we initiate a sing-song. Why don't you just read the next response instead? Acknowledged. Entity Chris Franklin on September 7th, 2018 at 1337 Coordinated Universal Time had also stated... First Richard Donner, now Samantha Fox, and Shannon Farnan again. The stars come out for the Fire and Water Podcast Network. You followed up that unbelievable cliffhanger with an even better part two. Well done, Zoom crew. Well, thank you kindly, Mr. Franklin. Indeed. Very kind of you to say, Mr. Franklin. What is next? Well, that pretty sounding Laurel at Mountain Flower One also wrote a comment on the rest of the show. Time travel makes my head hurt. You and me both, Ms. Laurel. You and me both. Entity Edo Bosnar on September 9th, 2018 at 2051 Coordinated Universal Time had also stated... You picked another interesting issue to highlight. 
This came out at a point when I had stopped reading Green Lantern regularly. I checked out a little less than a year before, when Wolfman and Staten were still the creative team, and Green Lantern had just been ordered by the Guardians to pay more attention to the rest of his sector. Seems like a good story, though, and generally I have no problems with Green Lantern being a more spacefaring adventurer. Indeed. I recall that the Silver Age Green Lantern series used to be a fairly even mix of Earthbound stories and outer spacefare. And then the Bronze Age stories, beginning with the Green Arrow American Odyssey tales, had shifted the majority of the stories to taking place on Earth. This exile run of Green Lantern stories in the early 1980s was actually a refreshing change for me. What I admire about the spacefaring Green Lantern stories is that they can open the door to incredibly imaginative scenarios, even when the overall situation is still an Earth-relevant morality play. And as a side note, I find the 2011 Green Lantern animated series had truly embraced the full creative potential of an intergalactic space patrol. Kelly Rob not say... This Amworst Podcast, Water and Fire Network, never presented. You am welcome, Kelly Rob. Words do me great shame that me am so shallowly still. That sounds so bad that I'll assume that it's good. It was indeed, Mr. Manning. Mr. Kelly is, again, much too kind. Solomon Grundy, read response from Mark Baker Wright. Mark Baker Wright say... Was reading through comments on this page, thinking that nothing Mark Baker Wright could say could possibly add to what's already being said. Well, Mark Baker Wright, guess Mark Baker Wright still think that. But Mark Baker Wright definitely wanted to add a like to Rob Kelly comment here. Thank you, Mr. Baker Wright. I am glad you enjoyed the show. That Siskoid feller said, A great episode for a number of reasons. Fizzbin is that card game Captain Kirk invents in A Piece of the Action, so your comment about the GL stories of that era being Trek-like is well observed. Right, that was why I... Now I am more convinced than ever, Lanos, that you made up that unicorn Fizzbin name for the Space Serpent. Negative. I most certainly did not... Incoming interspatial chronal transmission originating from... Let me guess. Another boot-licking supervillain that think they're game enough to join the... Whoa. Greetings from Apocalypse Legion of Zoom. I am its master, Darkseid the Destroyer. It has come to my attention that your insipid comic book podcast employs some of your world's most vilest of supervillains. That is most fortunate, for I intend to participate in your podcast show of wonders in the near future. Our cooperation will be essential to my plans. Be ready for when the time comes that I will have need of you. This is not a request. Dang. That dude was ugly as a burnt boot. Solomon Grundy can offer effective skin moisturizing tips. And maybe some honey lemon tea. 
Bizarro think bootlicking villain not as serious as other calls. Entity Darkseid is the tyrannical ruler of the planet Apocalypse. His ultimate goal is to conquer the universe and eliminate all free will by uncovering the secret of the mystery known as the Anti-Life Equation. And somehow this podcast will help him achieve that? That's as crazy as popcorn on a hot stove. It may seem that way, but one cannot fathom the perspective of a self-proclaimed god. We have a difficult enough time wrapping our heads around time travel. Ain't that the truth. I move we wrap up this here wonder show and maybe unplug our telephones for a few weeks. Agreed, Mr. Manning. But first, we must acknowledge those who had helped promote the podcast on social media. You bet. This here wonder show had received Facebook likes, shares, and replies from Billy Lucas, Brian Ng, Brian Linton, Brian Rosen, Bruce Weaver, Chris Franklin, Clinton Robison, Coffee and Comics, DeBache, Derek William Crabb, Eric Forster, Gene Hendricks, Gord Tolton, The Hammer Strax, J. Kevin Collier, James Hussey, Jose Rivera, Keith G. Baker, Kevin Mayle, Mark Baker Wright, Martin Gray, Max Romero, Max Trevor, Michael Bailey, Michelle Siskoid Albert, Pat Sampson, Rob Kelly, Robert Myers, Robert Ward, Ryan Daly, Shag Matthews, Sean Brock, Tara Man, hey, that's me, and Terry O'Malley. Done in One Wonder Show also received Twitter likes, retweets, and replies from the 108th Sage, Ange, Bat, Bob Sally at Fan Expo Canada, Cash Flag, Charlie Reads Comics, Charlie's Geek Cast, Chris at BTO and Bat Books, Coffee and Comics, who guessed that Episode 6 would feature Pocket Universe Professor Zoom. Quite astute, Coffee and Comics. Collected Edition, Comic Reflections, D.H. Cooper, Dylan A. Lange, Greg Smith, The Hammer Strikes, Hicks, Irredeemable Shag, as well as his additional Twitter handle of Firestorm Fan. It's Plastic Man, run by Max Romero, who also promoted the show on his other Twitter handle for The Mirror Factory. Jeffrey Brown, Justice's First Dawn, KB Likes Comics, Keith G. Baker, Con L, Laurel at Mountain Flower One, Longbox Crusade, Longbox of Darkness, Mark Baker Wright, Nathaniel Wayne, P2B You and Me, Reggie Reggie, Rob Kelly Creative and his various podcast audiences that connect to his Twitter handles of DigestCast, Film and Water Podcast, MASHCast, Mountain Comics, and Treasury Comics. Rob Myers, Ryan Daly, 
Second Union, Ciscoid, Slangword, Super Roly, Tardis Rider, Trekker Talk by Ruth and Darren Sutherland, who also promoted the show on their other Twitter handles, Warlord Worlds and Xenozoic Xenophiles, The Uncanny Abel Padzilla, Victor Perfecto, Visnu Ganyan, Warlock Thanos Podcast, and Willie Yarbro. Thank you all for your generous feedback and social media activity to help get this show noticed. If you wish to leave further commentary on this mailroom correspondence, please feel free to post a comment on the show page at fireandwaterpodcast.com. You may also send an email to wondersdone, and that is one word, at gmail.com. Or you can call and leave a voice message up to two minutes in length at area code 415-779-4668. Voice messages we respond to will be played on the podcast, though they may be edited for time. And as always, please feel free to suggest your favorite Done in One Wonder comic story for us to cover in a future episode. Thank you all again for listening, and until the next one, we're done. Goodbye. The Done in One Wonders Podcast Wonder Show is an unabashedly conceited member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Feedback for the show can be left at fireandwaterpodcast.com, at wondersdone at gmail.com, or at area code 415-779-4668. The views expressed on Done in One Wonders belong solely to the host and his cast of characters, who are not affiliated in any way with any professional comic book publisher or entertainment company. All copyright and trademarks of comic book characters and related concepts, as well as music, audio clips, and quoted text are held by their respective owners. These are used for entertainment purposes only and no copyright infringement is intended. Celebrity voices are impersonated. With special thanks to Mike Staley for providing the voices of the Bottler, the Animal Vegetable Mineral Man, and the Polka Dot Man, Aaron Moss for providing the voice of the Clue Master, Clinton Robison for providing the voices of the Cavalier and the Javelin, and to Shag Matthews for providing the voice of Darkseid. The Done in One Wonders Podcast Wonder Show is a Professor Zoom Productions production. Great show, gentlemen. Lenos, we have the arrangements set for our special guest for the next episode, yes? Affirmative. She had already responded to the RSVP for our proposed recording date and time. Splendid. I trust we can have that hole repaired by then. You bet, Professor. But don't you think we should talk about... And we are still meeting up to watch the Dragon Prince with the kids together next Friday, right? Since it's Namiko's poker night? Solomon Grundy looking forward to it. And maybe little Ica girl want to watch Little Magic Friendship Pony Show, too? Very likely, Mr. Grundy. Until Friday, then. Lenos? Activating Transdimensional Portal to Entity Zoom Yukonori's Home Universe. But, Professor, that rock slide galoot. 
What are we supposed to do about- There really isn't anything we can do about Darkseid, Mr. Manning, until the time comes. If the time comes. Darkseid is a long-term planner, and if I know anything about long-term plans, there can always be unforeseen circumstances along the way that cause those plans to change. Life is too short to waste time worrying about something that may not even happen. Life is too short. Processing. But that does not mean we should not take a few precautions. Let me noodle on that for a bit. In the meantime, let's just focus on the things we should be concerned about, like editing this show for release, and you fixing that wall and prepping the food for Friday, okay? All right, Professor. Very good. Until next time, stay out of trouble, gentlemen. What? Oh, uh, <laughs> you bet, you bet. Bye-bye. I don't understand how he's not all shooken up. I'm still quaking in my boots, and I'm actually admitting to that out loud. Bizarro think you can already zoom putting up fearful front because light center am very approachable person. We actually have something else with which to concern ourselves, organization zoom crew. When I had interfaced the interspatial time conveyor with the computer database in an attempt to pull a future Zoom's Who entry on the Polkadot Man, I had discovered that there will be no computer files created or modified past the date of October 18th, 2019. What are you saying, Lamo? By my calculations, on October 18th, 2019, Entity Zoom Yukonori, possibly the entire Zoom crew, will be no more.